Today on Top Docs, we have a special feature, our ongoing anatomy of a scene, this time with Debbie Lum, the director of Try Harder. And we break down two scenes with Debbie, both featuring Alvin and his parents. They're both holiday scenes. They take place respectively near Christmas and on Chinese New Year, and they both take place in restaurants. They're kind of bookends and show the ways that Alvin navigates intergenerational and cultural challenges and his growth throughout the film. We hope you enjoy our discussion with Debbie about these two pivotal scenes. I'd love to dive into a couple scenes. And these are two scenes where we see Alvin with his family, his mother Capri and his father Henry. I think they're very understated scenes and they're pretty brief, but so much goes on. They're both meal scenes and they both happen around holidays. One's near Christmas and one's on Chinese New Year's. And I think we see kind of a movement for Alvin or growth for Alvin in them. So we've just found out in this first scene that none of the Lowell students were accepted on early action to Stanford. What was your mom's reaction when she found out that you got rejected? Oh, she was, she's the one who told me, like, I didn't even look at my email. She was the one who told me. Wait, she, 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 she checked it for you? Yeah. Because they buy the things all the time, so. So you don't get a present from your mom? It's nothing you can in control. Yeah, I, I haven't really been doing anything besides like apps. I think that my number of colleges that I've applied to was like enough. And then my mom's like, okay, once you finish this, then you're done, right? You don't have to do anything else. And then right after I finish it, she wants me to do like five more. And it's like, and like that's that's the same for every single, it's like, I don't even, I'm just so done with this. Even though he's a teenager, he listened to parents' advice pretty well. And sometimes, a few times, maybe he, was kind of disagree, but he still will try to accommodate parents' uh, advice. She looks through stuff and she gives me ideas. Yeah. My dad is like the physical help. He'll like drive. <laughs> yeah, and uh, sometimes we try to uh, translate the question to my husband, even though um, he didn't get a high school diploma, but uh, he's smart. Yeah. He said, just don't say that. You should put that on your college application. Uh, you know that? Because that would actually help your chances. No, because I don't want you know, people to like think lowly of my dad or anything, so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Think so. low. And the tagline here is Alvin ultimately applies to 26 colleges. This is a great scene, intergenerational, native board versus, you know, against immigrants. Also, I think it's very interesting because Alvin said that his mom told him that he was in a box 
the box grows with him and that someday he'll get out of the box and you can feel him trying to get out of the box in this scene, I think. Yeah, their relationship is so, I think it's a kind of a beautiful, if not crazy relationship. Actually, when I watch this scene, I just have to give a shout out to our editor, Andy Gersh, and also Amy Ferraris. There's so many levels to that scene that like an editor is deftly handling. Is this one camera, Debbie, here? Or is it, it more is, than one? It's one camera, it, okay. Right, yeah, we were a very small crew. We kind of had to be like that, you know, to be able to get the things that we wanted to get. When we finished making the film and then we showed it to them, Capri said, oh, you know, my son, you know, he's just not like Ian. <laughs> he's, he's not... He's not a good Chinese, you know, like as a Chinese kid, he's not like Ian or he's not good like that. <laughs> and, um, you know, she could say that, I think, to camera, because that's sort of what she has to say in her world. But in reality, she really, really adores her son and does a lot of things for him. But they're just not the things that I think maybe translate in an American story. It's not what we think of. And, and oftentimes Alvin would say, which he really learned from his parents, he has that kind of classic immigrant mentality, which is a total faith in the system that if you try harder, you will be rewarded. He said that to us. He said that if, if he tried really hard, it would show on his application and the college board would be able to read it and see that in him. And I always kind of joke that it's not until you're really a real American <laughs> that you realize that you have to actually work the system. The code switch between English and Mandarin in the scene is really intriguing. And so you talk about translation, there's literal translation going. She's translating for him at points. It's really fascinating. No, that's so, I'm so glad you picked up on that. I mean, what is amazing about Alvin is that he not only speaks fluent Mandarin, he also speaks some Cantonese because his dad doesn't speak any English. His dad speaks Cantonese. He's from Guangzhou. It's not only fluent, it's eloquent. It's beautiful Chinese that he knows because he went to a Mandarin immersion middle school oh. up through eighth grade. And not only that, he just really embraced his cultural heritage, which to me is just such a beautiful thing about Alvin, because up until like this generation, I think most Asian American kids have been taught to deny their cultural heritage, to hate it, actually. It was something that most kids in my generation were ashamed of, really. And so I think that's one thing about Alvin. I think you might be the first person to kind of key into that. He is genuinely bicultural. You know, he sometimes thinks in Mandarin. He was born in, in the U.S. and he's obviously just an American <laughs> kid um, who loves hip-hop and rapping, you know, but... Uh, so he's a great dancer, even if his classmates don't always appreciate it, as we see at the dance. The other code switching he, he seems to do in this scene is with you, the filmmaker, in that he is kind of telling you, as you give that advice, he basically tells you, you know, we can't do what you're suggesting because they would think lowly of us. And so what he in that moment is doing is, I think, showing his alliances with his mother and with their, you know, cultural system that they want to protect above all, even above his chances of getting in 
to an elite school. Can you talk about sort of your involvement in that scene and him talking to you uh, about that cultural situation? We debated whether we should include that or remove that, but we felt like it really showed you where he was coming from and his, his different perspective, a different take on like you said, the, the meaning of, of all of this. Because in the end, Alvin isn't going to sacrifice his sense of identity for the college admissions process, which maybe you could argue that in the results that he had, it, it shows you what will happen. He was always code switching. He's keenly aware of what he was doing as a teen, which I think teenagers are, and yet they don't want to explain themselves necessarily, especially on a college application, even if it's what they should be doing. But he could switch back and forth from what he knows his parents are telling him, which is different from what his teachers are telling him, which is different from what his peers are telling him. And then here he's talking to this filmmaker and he is aware that he is being a subject of a film at the same time and like what we're gonna share with the world. That's the thing about your 17 and 18 kids are navigating multiple realities. In some cases, their college admissions, this is one learning is that the college admissions process is really they're doing it for their parents. They actually, if you left it to themselves, would probably be happy with their own results and outcomes. And actually, some of the kids, oh, I am so in shock. This is, shows you how I did not have immigrant parents because my mom and I, we talked about everything, but I met so many immigrant Asian kids who lied to their parents about what college they got into. So like they wouldn't have to go to the college that their parents wanted them to go. They'd say, oh, actually I didn't get in. <laughs> I mean, that is insane, but you know, yeah, they did it for their parents. Just a personal anecdote here. When I was applying for colleges, one of the questions they ask you is, you know, what level of education do your parents achieve? And my mother did not graduate from college. I think she may have earned some credit towards an associate degree. And she was like, oh, don't, fill, don't, don't tell them that. And I had to say, no, mom, actually, the fact that you have less education will wait positively for me, maybe. I want to bring in Rachel and her mom briefly because you talked about working the system and how, you know, maybe Alvin is prioritizing his family and his culture over anything he could do in this instance to work the system. I found that to be in great contrast with Rachel and her mom. They're very sophisticated about working the system and do it and do it very well. They seem to have separated any kind of personal issues from that process. So for instance, when Rachel faces the big decision about whether to put down African-American on her application, she does so even though, as you point out, she's written an article in which she says, I will not choose between her white and her black heritage. How did Rachel and Donna approach this process different from say Alvin and his mom? Yeah, you know, there's a, actually a filmmaking backstory to that too, because there were certain scenes that we agonized, like we wanted to put it in and we couldn't quite pull it off and they didn't quite make it into the film, but we talked to them about those decisions. There was an, actually a scene because Rachel's results, the way that they're shared in the film, we really agonized about that because there was another scene that we wanted to include that we, we didn't, I don't want to spoil the film for people who haven't seen it. 
but we asked them about race and you have to kind of understand that if you're like one of the only African-American kids at Lowell High School or in your high school that's predominantly other ethnicities, it's a very particular framing of your world. And Donna actually felt very strongly that where she came from, she came from the South, that if you have one drop of African-American in you, you are African-American. And I think that is actually the way that our world in America sees race, which is actually the polar opposite of the way that historically, and maybe not today so much, but historically we have viewed Asian American identity. It's almost the opposite. If you look at the way Asian Americans historically or Asians have looked at Hapa, mixed race kids, the minute they have a drop of anything else in them, they're no longer Asian. That is how people see it, have, have historically seen it in our community. And it's changing now, which is kind of wonderful, I think. But their reality of their identity is really true. And I think as, as Rachel went along, one of the things that she felt was that because there was this whole stigma around race and achievement, and she knew that people were going to say, oh, because you're Black, you're getting all of these sort of handout, academic handouts or whatever prejudiced way that people think about it. She wanted to hide that all the time when she was a kid. She wanted to not really, you know, talk about her African-American side. She wanted to be seen as kind of like race neutral, which of course we don't live in a race neutral country. I'm going to circle back to that question you had about the Asian penalty thing. because We've created these discussion guides for high school students when they watch our film because it's it's really emotional it's really stressful and it's really confusing and it can have lasting impact on your identity throughout your whole life and actually we're including myth busters about the asian penalty because there are definitely other perspectives on that i think a lot of immigrant asians may feel like they're being discriminated against and at the same time there could be just a cultural confusion, culture gap. There's an, an organization, the Coalition for a Diverse Harvard, that really is sort of looking at countering that, demystifying that. For our listener, just a note on this next scene, it starts with an extended dialogue between Alvin and his parents that is not in English. The basic content is that Alvin has just had a college admissions interview, and because it's Chinese, New Year, his mother offered the interviewer a gift envelope and Alvin and his parents are discussing the appropriateness of this kind gesture. I do want to look at another scene. It kind of is a bookend to the first one. It's a little bit later, both in the film and in the admissions process. Again, it's at a restaurant. It's during Chinese New Year's. And it's just another, just a subtle scene that says so much. Okay, 
我如果吃两块之后，我可以不要吃这个吗？可以啊。今年是鸡年，你知道吗？你应该我不管说今年是什么，不管你管不管 ，OK？ 我要你吃你就吃哈。哎、欸、，Lucy 啊，这给你跟那个你们老板 ，OK？No No No No， 哎、no, hey, ，这给你啊，新年好，谢谢，谢谢，谢谢，好，谢谢，谢谢。We initially thought that the interview would last about an hour or so, but you know it went way over time. So it went from ten to almost about twelve. He said that you know I'm a pretty good fit for Brown, and uh, you know he'll, he'll try to put in a good word for me, you know, in his uh, evaluation and stuff. I, I just had to tell my mom that there's like different aspects of the culture that she's not necessarily familiar with. That was really cringy, and I and while, while my mom was uh, talking about interview, I was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> like this is gonna end so badly." As a Western viewer of that, it's a really interesting scene because the first thing you see or hear that Alvin's saying is that his mom is offered a gift, two tickets to the interviewer, and you're a little bit thrown. You're like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" And it only reveals itself in the course of the scene to, to me, to somebody who's not fluent in, in uh, Chinese culture, that she is offering everybody gifts. She goes around offering gifts. Every, it's Chinese New Year's. You're supposed to offer gifts to everyone. And so it's actually my misunderstanding of what's happening that's at play in this, in this scene. That's a very sensitive reading to it. Thank you for noticing that, because I don't know if everybody does understand that when they see the scene. There's a, a text card at the start of the scene that explains that this is after Alvin's interview with Brown University, which actually was one of his top choices. And he didn't really tell us as we were going along, which relates to the other scene, because uh, you know I was also like, why didn't you ask me for a recommendation, Alvin? which he never did. There were all of these cultural misunderstandings, like Capri thought that recommendations had to come from your high school teacher. She didn't realize that his mentor in the lab, the graduate research lab could write him a recommendation, for example. And he wouldn't tell us that he actually really, um, because he had this whole thing about being anti-elite, anti-Ivy in a way, he really wanted to go to a UC, a, a UCLA. Um, just far enough to be out of the reach of his parents. But then he heard about Brown and then he had this interview with Brown. And then the card says it takes place on Chinese New Year, which, you know, for any other kid of any other culture, if there was like a major holiday like that, you're not going to arrange an interview on the main holiday that people celebrate. But that's kind of what you have to understand about code switching. If you're Asian American, you're just going to always know that those other priorities are going to be secondary to other people's priorities. That would be like asking someone to do an interview on Christmas or, or you know, Rosh Hashanah or something. For a lot of, I think, Asian immigrants would signal right there this discrepancy that's happening for a student. And then, and so then, you know, she does try to give him some red envelopes. But if you know Capri, she would try to give everybody red envelopes at all times. I was going to ask you that. I, I really was dying to know if she gave anyone else or tried to some red envelopes, not on Chinese New Year. Uh, all, all the time, all the time. I mean, you can even get a glimpse of it when she's talking to the 
college roommates. Like, I'm going to take you out to dinner. You know, if you've ever been around a Taiwanese mom, you know exactly what that means. It's like, you cannot say no. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna feed you. They're going to give you gifts. What's great, too, about the scene is it's one of the few times when we see Alvin kind of being the parent and taking charge and telling his mom and his dad, like, no, this is how it works. And this is how you should behave. Was that kind of a revelatory moment for you in observing these characters? I was seeing that all the time. I'm, you know, I really wanted to keep that line because it's the classic framework for someone who is a child of immigrants. Your parents could be Taiwanese. Your parents could be from Nigeria. Your parents could be from Nicaragua. The language barrier and the translation that a child has to do for their adult parents. It happens all the time for immigrants. That was Alvin's world. There's also a power dynamic between child and parent. We yeah. see that power dynamic shifting in this scene. Then we see her trying to shift the power back by telling him, nope, you're the rooster. You got to eat that. I don't care what you think. Eat it. Yeah. And in the room when we were there, it was like, whoa, okay, that's it. That's the final Okay. <laughs> because, you know, he did over the course of senior year feel really frustrated and really get upset at certain times. I think he's a good Chinese boy, despite what Capri <laughs> might say to your face. Although she knows this as well. I, I know she knows this about him. But even as a fourth generation Chinese American. It's one of those things I think I noticed when I was in college, actually. I remember there's a different way that you, you relate to your parents. American culture is all about rebelling and independence, at least outwardly, that's what we're all about. I remember like when it was time to go off to college, there were many parents who were my peers who were not children of immigrants, born and raised in America, whose parents would just kind of go, okay, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> you know, go. That just wasn't the case at all for, I mean, even for me, it's like your parents are always there. You always have this relationship with them. You're always obliged to think about them. There is a different way of, of relating generationally, I think. 